As the cries of the expendable millions echo through history, we must ask how a population can be so easily deceived by old tricks and word games. Conquering the natural will of a nation is a feat that takes decades upon decades. Like a slow-moving cancer, the seeds of death creep through every crack and crevice of our cultural institutions until they take root. In time, the free man and the free woman offer their wrists voluntarily. But this cannot happen overnight. The people will not stand for an attack on their inherent rights. They must first be dulled by pills and over-medicating. They must first be hollowed out by media and the devils who create it. They must first become completely desensitized to violence. They must first be seduced by pornography and digital brothels. They must first abandon symbolism and logic in exchange for emotion. They must first be taught to hate themselves. They must first learn to hate their own fathers. They must first learn to hate their own nation. Life itself must first be devalued. The individual must become a joke, an object of scorn, and all ideas that break free from the national ideology must be mocked without mercy. The individual must become nothing, nothing. And one day the man who is no longer a man finds himself clapping dumbly for perverts, abortionists, drone operators, warmongers, and death dealers of all kinds. Only then is the totalitarian ready to rise and seize power. Massive crowds will greet him with signs of adoration. They will beg for him to bring meaning to their lives. They will have no memory of their own origins. The dead-eyed followers will line up around the block to forfeit even more of their own freedoms. They will feast on a stew of rage, and this the ruler will feed them day and night. Day and night, and the cry shall be, be angry, be vengeful. You have been victimized too long. Equality has been withheld from you. We seek justice, be stronger together, all people as one. He will take pleasure in the fertile soil of vacant men and find the nation is more than willing to eradicate anyone, he says, is the enemy. The enemy he points at is you my brothers and sisters, you who have made the fatal error of picking up this volume in reading. It would be convenient if we could trace the pattern of human submission back to a singular event, the invention of the internet, the virus, the Cold War, anything, but we cannot pinpoint a single moment. This is an age-old story that simply swaps out characters. First, it is Nebuchadnezzar, then he trades places with Mussolini, who trades places with Idi Amin. Devils, all of them, some hiding in suits and ties and some in military uniforms, some in crowns, some in robes, some chomping fruit in corporate boardrooms. In our culture today, perhaps we can trace submission back to the disappearing father. Family is holy order, yet this is how the all-too-common story goes. The father grows weary of his duties and bitter towards his calling, just as his own father grew weary and weak. He wants to be a little boy all over again, carefree and running wild through the forest, the little boy wearing shorts and tennis shoes and a backwards baseball cap, the little boy who wants a great adventure in the forest, only the forest he chooses now are digital, sensual, vapid, meaningless. 
He leaves his family and pursues pastures that do not exist. He hopes to conquer a hill that will vanish tomorrow. The fool with his paper armor and tinfoil shield charges windmills, believing them to be giants. And there behind him are the children who watch him disappear on the horizon. There behind him is the woman who knows he is not coming back. Children long for the Father's love just as they long for the love of God. And it is through the Father's wisdom, 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 adoration, and correction that they learn the nature of the one who adores, offers wisdom, and corrects the Father himself, the Maker. Without the Father as their guidepost, the children wander the earth blind, their hands desperately seeking something to hold. Plenty of devils will line up to give them what they want, to fill the vacancy that yearns and rages through the night. Their cry begins by saying, Father, come home, and in time becomes, Father, what have you done to me? And ultimately ends with, Father, I hate you. But where has he gone? Where is the Father who brought them into the world only to abandon them? He has forfeited the calling in exchange for a bowl of poison stew. He is the nothing man. He has chopped off his own arms and legs. Men, if you wish for the world to be saved, stay with the family that has been given to you. What duty is required? What sacrifice is demanded? What struggles will come your way? You must embrace the pain that comes with great responsibility, for only there is any semblance of true happiness found. In time, the disrupted hearts and minds of the fatherless children spill into their actions. They are restless, chaotic, intentionally destructive. A devil doctor will convince mother that the children need pills to correct their minds. A longing for the father misidentified as a disorder. The great hollowing is well on its way. Submission is soon to come. The medicated boy grows older and feeds his desire for knowledge and power. First, he seeks knowledge of the other, the female. And this he finds in digital brothels known as pornography. The images infect his mind. He is rerouted, rewired. But knowledge is not enough. He must have power over the other. And so he seeks images of her degradation, her submission, her body abused for his own pleasure. Now he needs power over the non-digital, the real woman made of flesh and bone. But she will not have him, at least not for long. She sees the darkness inside of him. His vacancy is dangerous, his desire for power misplaced. Her evolutionary instincts tell her to run, and so she does. Where does this leave our boy? He has no father to lead him. He is powerless over the world, powerless over the other. The only power he can exert, and power is the only end that can satisfy him, is over himself. He discovers the simple pleasures of sex are short-lived, and pleasure cannot be enough to sustain him for the next 50 years. No matter how much money he earns, it's never enough. He hates his prized possessions. An idea comes to him. He can choose to disengage permanently from the world, and in doing so, claim his own kingdom. It is a kingdom of one man with one king, but it is a kingdom nonetheless. No one shall tell him what to do or what not to do. There shall be no religion, no rules, no responsibilities, no illusions of God or eternity. He shall have what he wants when he wants it. And so he builds his life around the kingdom of one. Video games, drugs, alcohol, jobs lost and gained. One night flings with women he hates, shining objects bought and sold. Until he looks in the mirror and hates what he sees because there is no one left to blame.
and one of his sister. The medicated girl feeds her desire for approval and admiration. She dresses up so the world will love her, but discovers that it only desires her in short bursts. There is no such thing as enduring love, only fleeting moments strung together, and so she must force the moments over and over. She must position herself with the right group of friends at the right parties at the right university so the moments never come to an end. She must photograph them, journal them, show them to others, capture them, however she is able to prove that, yes, once upon a time I experienced love and joy. She must follow the trends and nod her head at the right time. She must repeat the phrases that prove she's on the right side, whatever the right side is at the moment. The moment she must serve it. The other fatherless sons learn what she wants and use it for what they want, power over her. She is deceived over and over until eventually she is convinced that she has no worth. She is convinced that love is a lie and all men are devils. In time, she conceives yet chooses to kill the child inside of her. How could she raise a child without a father? What is a father? Father, the memory of her own father, comes back to her now, and she feeds the rage that rises. Why should she bear the burden of raising a child on her own? She has a life she must live. She has a career to pursue that she can, so that she can buy things that give her no lasting fulfillment. She has been told life is nothing, no different than a bug, or a worm, or a cluster of cells, and a child might interfere with her own pursuit of power. Disconnected from eternity, she has no hesitation in taking a life. Why should she? She's no longer capable of seeing herself in the mirror. She only sees the reflection of an ideology of death and chaos. Until one day, along comes the smiling totalitarian who says, My son and my daughter, you have been terribly mistreated and misunderstood. You have been victimized by your circumstances. Forget your father and mother. They don't know any better. They are to be hated. Family is nothing, so be thankful. Thankful you can be your very own person. Thankful you weren't infected with illusions of God. Yet still you have suffered. How? Why? Because of him. At the end of the pointed finger is you. You who do not know this boy and this girl. You who know nothing of their circumstances. You who would like to go on your way. Only now you are the enemy who must be killed so the world can improve. It is you who stole their power. You who keep them from becoming equal. It is you who are greedy, hateful, antiquated. It is you who judge them unfairly. He places a badge upon the chests of the grown children, validation of their very existence, and now they have a common purpose, to serve their new father, the ruler of men. They lay everything down because they have already laid everything down. The army of fatherless sons and daughters is assembled, and weapons are distributed.